And welcome to Chumbology, a Chumbawamba anthology podcast. On this podcast, we are digging song by song, album by album, through the discography of one of the most overlooked bands of all time, Chumbawamba. That's right, it's Chumbawamba time. <laughs> it's it's that time of week again with me and you and all of our Chumbawamba friends, all of our drippy droopies. <laughs> and today, we're taking a look at the song The Good Ship Lifestyle, which is track five off of Chumbawamba's eighth studio album, Tub Thumper. Hell yeah. What is this? This is 4AT, 4 after Tub Thumping? Yeah, 4AT, yeah. 2AV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, what is 2AV again? Uh, after vaccine, now that I'm Oh, right, right. Yes, 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 yes. We're... We are at least a three-quarters vaccinated podcast today, yeah. this week. Um, <laughs> And we're I, I also, believe, I was about yeah. to say, I think we're a five-sixth uh, vaccinated five, podcast, six. because today okay, we, are, okay. we are joined by a friend of the show, Jem. Hello, Jem. Hello, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So we're also introducing our new call-in feature for, for Chumbology. <laughs> All you need to do is dial the number 420-666-6969, and you'll get connected straight to us. Um, live in the studio so so speaking of doing a call-in is uh, i told sean that we were having uh gem on this week for this episode and sean was like cool i'm gonna call in and and i'll fight gem on air or something like that and i was like (laughs) i told him i was like we don't have like the ability to do a call-in at least not without gem seeing you on like the discord calling us having to do everything up front but i told him i was like if you send me like voice messages i will play them like a, a sean soundboard on the show but he did not follow it through. So, Sean, uh, if you're listening, uh, you fucked up. This would have been a really good bit. <laughs> this is a public call out of yeah, Sean for great. not doing that funny thing he suggested. You just start so. playing clips of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just I don't. I put don't, them all on. Put them all on your MIDI controller. That's I. I did do like a decent chunk of research into like how I could set up a soundboard that would play through Discord and like record properly and. <laughs> we just didn't follow it through so next time damn sean one day i'll have, we a have sean the technology yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so gem in the traditional chumble chumbo chumbo chumbology chumbology <laughs> um fashion we uh would like to begin things here this is your first time on the show would you like to tell us a little bit about your experience with Chumbawamba? According to Teddy in our notes here, there's also a little bit of uh, experience your father has had with Chumbawamba. Would you like to tell us about that? Well, my experience through Chumbawamba would definitely be through my dad, because he was the one okay. who got the album, Tub Thumper. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm not sure why he got it. I assumed he just liked uh, Tub Thumping, but... Uh, once he got it, he, uh, we'd always just play it in his car all the time. And it's one of the few albums I really enjoy listening to. And I could get all the way through just because, you know, all the songs are like so different, but they all yeah. slam. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's amazing. It, it like knowing that you came from a background of like your dad playing you Chumbawamba in the car makes a lot of sense that you were into World Inferno Friendship Society so much when we met because I feel like they're <laughs> two very like thematically similar bands where it's kind of like that 
flamboyant like orchestral like anarchist pop music definitely yeah and you might be the only person i've spoken to so far who got into chumbawamba because of a parent <laughs> like like my parents like i think i've told this story on the podcast before but like my dad asked me one time he was like oh what's your podcast about I was like, oh, you know, the band Chumbawamba, um, they, they did that one song, the I Get Knocked Down, but I Get Up Again song. He was like, <laughs> oh, you're doing a podcast about them? You couldn't like, even tell what the song was because you knew he wouldn't know what it was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. That's the thing is, <laughs> I like, like there's, I feel like no yeah. one knows the name Chumbawamba for the most part outside of our uh, dedicated yeah. fan base. Um, but if you go, oh, I Get Knocked Down, everyone's like, oh, yeah, 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 like... I've, yeah, I've yeah, because of products like the tub thumping gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my sweet boy. Yeah, getting the good word of Chumbawamba out to the masses via little animatronics. Yeah, it's also yeah. it's also like the most like quintessential like '90s experience to me of just like imagining your dad being like, "Oh, that tub thumping song was pretty good. Let me buy this weird like baby album and just play it in the car all the time." Like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, did you? and slash or your father get into any more chumbawamba albums beyond tub thumper or was tub thumper like the main one i surprisingly did not this was the main one but i guess i never really went out and like got music when i was younger i just kind of listened to you know what mostly what was on the radio or what my parents had or occasionally what friends would show me (laughs) yeah when you're as you get older and yeah people get more into music I don't know why I never went back to them though. I guess just thinking they're like one of one of my parents' bands. I was just like, eh, you know. <laughs> so there's stuff I could listen boomer to. Music. You heard it here first. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> I mean, they kind of are. They're like borderline. Chumbawamba is classic rock. I, technically, I don't know. There's don't know, like definitely since you guys started the podcast, I've went back and been listening to some of their stuff. It's Hell great. Yeah. Hell yeah! I've been missing That's out great. a lot. That's kind of the. That was the whole point of us starting up this podcast. There's like a trend on Twitter right now of like uh, Zoomers being just like, ah, so nostalgic for the good old days. And it'll be like Imagine Dragons and like 21 Pilots. And it's just like, oh, my God. That that was like yesterday. Like what? Like not even like I get when people are like, oh, man, I missed that on like the good emo and the good punk in like the early 2000s. Because it's like, yeah, you did, motherfucker. Like that shit slapped. But when people are like. Oh, I just I wish I was there for Twenty One Pilots. It's like, where are they? Where'd they go? Like, as far as they're I know, they're around, still there. But like, yeah. but if you think about it, like Twenty One Pilots and like Imagine Dragons and those bands were putting out music in what, like, twenty eleven, twenty twelve, if I had to guess. Like, that's a long time I ago know. for like a sixteen year old. That that is true. Yeah, but. Yeah. That like that makes me feel old. It doesn't make me yeah. feel as old when people are nostalgic for like, oh, I missed out on Senses Fail or whatever. Sure, it's like, things yeah. from like before they were born. Yeah, or, as long like, as when you, miss you were it too. still a child. Yeah, because that's like okay, that that's fair. Like that was when I was a kid. It makes sense that kids who are kids now aren't like like missed out on it. But when it's like, oh, this band that in my mind is like the current thing, people are like, I miss that. It's like yeah. what? What the, the, I feel like I, I like so I skipped something like if Imagine Dragons and like whatever aren't like the big bands now like who is like what am I yeah right where am I living 
The answer is Chumbawamba is the big band now. They're making they're making Chumba a comeback. Is, <laughs> they're gonna make a comeback. They're gonna have yeah. another number one hit single, and it's gonna be the least likely thing in the world. And it's gonna be a number one single because it like got big on a TikTok or something. <laughs> well, so that's been like the the new thing is that bands are releasing like the the 2021 or 2020 versions of their songs. Like Papa yeah. Roach did a track with um some SoundCloud rapper to what? reimagine um what is it Last Resort. Um, oh god, there was another one that I just saw. Was it Crazy Town? Like some like new metal band released like a, a remix of trying to appeal to Gen Z. So it would be very funny if Chumbawamba released like Tub Thumping Part Two, and it was like a SoundCloud rapper over Tub Thumping. <laughs> oh man, that would and be something. I'm I imagine it would that. be great. I mean, yeah. I was listening yeah. to their the country versions of the song earlier, and oh, they're so good. <laughs> oh my they're, god, they're so much better than if they, they have could ever, do that. Right to be. Hear me it's out. Ridiculous. Let's start uh, making like SoundCloud rapper esque beats, but sampling Chumbawamba tracks. That's well. That's how we'll get them back in the mainstream. Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> we'll we'll pull a. Um, we'll pull a Sam Shep Sam Shepherd Sam Smith Sam Shepherd is a playwright. Uh, we'll pull a we'll pull. A, sorry, I just mixed up a, a gay pop singer and a like a playwright from the nineteen seventies. Classic. Um, that was very Chumbawamba of me. Uh, bridging the gap between those two worlds. Um, but uh, Sam Smith did that thing where like um, the melody was similar enough to that Tom Petty song that Tom Petty became a co-writer on it. <laughs> we'll just rip off a Chumbawamba melody for our number one hit single that we're brewing up. Okay. So that they have no choice but to accept a songwriting credit and make <laughs> a lot of money off of it. And we'll be like, "Isn't didn't you miss this? Didn't you miss all the money? I know that's what y'all were in it for, fucking sellouts." <laughs> There's like the the um like the chorus of tub thumping you could definitely make into like a rap like like uh yeah like hook or something that i'll be singing yeah. when we're winning you could do i'll be slinging when we're when we're grinning something like that <laughs> teddy that was great yeah. you should become a soundcloud rapper that's that's my next step first it's hard bass then it's soundcloud rap very good <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, as we mentioned, we're talking about the song "Good Ship Lifestyle" this week. One of the one of the big bangers on this album, if I do say so myself. Um, and it is. Uh, I've been talking about this the past couple weeks. It is the fifth in the five song opening stretch of this album that I think is just about perfect. Hell yeah! Like a perfect first five songs of an album. It's so good. Um, and as we've had the past couple weeks, uh, Spunk.org providing us with them plain text liner notes if we'd like to dive into some quotes about the song yeah. from the band themselves let's, let's go in here all right so i'm gonna read this first one this is the chumbawamba quote lifestyleism is the practice they spell practice with an s fucking brits is that a brit thing or is that a, an anarchist that is a brit okay thing. i was about to say is that an anarchist yeah. typing up a website <laughs> oh it could be it, yeah <laughs> i understand yeah no, one of my friends who lives in the UK types practice with an S, and I'm like, you're you're sinning. Yeah. That's sinful. <laughs> anyway, lifestyleism is the practice of wrapping yourself in a blinkered, self-perfecting, ideologically sound cocoon. The captain of the good ship lifestyle rarely leaves his bedroom. He makes pronouncements on how other people should live, but doesn't keep to his own rules. His ideas of politics is not to fight the power, but to fight the imagined enemies on his own side. 
damn. Oh, that's so good. That's just I, modern leftism. <laughs> that's just punks talking shit about punks. I love yeah. it. <laughs> so up first we have um, nothing like the cocoon of unreality when your life's fucked. And that's from Answer Me magazine. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I like the I mean. fact that both quotes so far have had the word cocoon in them. <laughs> <laughs> this is the cocoon themed. I mean, a cocoon is like a ship, if you think about it. Uh, sure, yeah, why not? <laughs> It'll probably float. <laughs> yeah, I guess, maybe. <laughs> Alright, Jim, you want to read the next one? Yeah. If someone gives me a forum to express myself, I will use it. If that means using mainstream channels to do it, then that's all the better. If you really believe in what you're doing, then why not? By being too cool to publicly talk about these things, we only perpetuate the silence that already exists. Outpunk. Taken from Zion's research. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah, I feel that yeah, one. it's good. People, there's so many people who just think they're too cool to care about things. Yeah. Anyway, not to sound like a fucking boomer after we <laughs> talked for like 20 minutes about how, oh man, Imagine Dragons, they're the hip new band, right? <laughs> And then be Wait, like, not? here's what's wrong with the youth yeah, of today. The, the, the youngins don't know how to talk to each other. Sitting behind their, <laughs> it's their all the phones. Texting. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Stalin, Khrushchev, and Brezhnev are traveling on a train. The train breaks down. Fix it, orders Stalin. They repair it, but still the train doesn't move. Shoot everyone, orders Stalin. They shoot everyone, but still the train doesn't budge. Stalin dies. Rehabilitate everyone, orders Khrushchev. They are rehabilitated, but still the train won't go. Khrushchev is removed. Close the curtains, orders Brezhnev, and pretend we're moving. And that quote is from Anonymous. Wow. Some spicy, spicy commentary there about various uh, the, the, the leaders of the Communist Party in the Soviet Union there. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. the like four Stalinist listeners we have are going to get really mad about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, Win some, you nothing I can some. do about yeah. their little snowflake feelings. <laughs> All right. Most plans for creating a more just society focus on ameliorating human misery. They address unemployment, hunger, illiteracy, class-based inequality, unequal access to medical solutions, pollution, overpopulation, and discrimination based on sex, race, age, or membership, and other devalued group. While I care about all of those problems, I also wonder why so many of the proposed solutions make me shudder with dread. Perhaps it's because people who take on such enormous political chores are usually suffering from burnout. There's no room in their brave new worlds for fun, creativity, ornamentation, play, and desire. I am skeptical of utopian schemes that don't take into account the human need for adventure, risk, competition, self-display, pleasurable stimulation, and novelty. In fact, many theoretical utopias are dreamed up by people who are afraid of diversity and deeply conservative about, about sex. The first duty of the revolution may be, <laughs> as Abby Hoffman said, to survive. But it's pretty difficult to survive without the nurturance of an all-consuming fantasy about where you are headed and what all that hard work is for. And that's Pat Khalifa from Public Sex, The Culture of Radical Sex. I and, love that. Yeah. That's kind of like in the same... Um the same like universe of thought as that one emma goldman quote yeah. or like or is it like the quote that's like erroneously yeah, credited to I mean, emma goldman yeah it's like um a rewording of a, a statement that oh, emma okay. goldman made so the the the, the premise is, is correctly attributed to emma goldman but she never actually said the the words 
right the dancing and the revolution yeah. thing yeah we're too i'm too lazy to look up the exact <laughs> words it's a paraphrase anyway so i can paraphrase it yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> you know you if you're listening to this show you probably have heard us talk about that emma goldman quote like four times <laughs> yeah <laughs> tune in next week when i play one of the other hits like talking about getting the chumbawamba cd from my brother's uh bookshelf yeah or anyway. being, being in tgi fridays and uh hearing <laughs> the thumping <laughs> Listen, at least when I repeat myself, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, we've anyway. got our tropes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Jem, you want to take that next one? Consistency is highly overvalued, but don't be afraid to change your mind for fear of being branded an inconsistent hypocrite. From Splatterspleen, <laughs> Splatter quoted in Zine's research. Hell yeah. I wish that I wish that punks still had nicknames like Splatter Spleen. That's <laughs> that's really good. We could bring it that back. That's a good one. That also might be my favorite quote. Yeah. That's, that's a, a really good one. Good one. Really yeah. good. I feel like a lot of people could really learn from the don't be afraid to change your mind thing because so many people get like stuck in their one way of thinking and are like, nope, this is the ideology that I have to stick yeah. for for the rest of my life. It's like Yeah. You know, you're allowed to change your mind. And also, the you other is true, that people get mad at people for having wrong opinions, like, eight years ago. Like, they'll dig shit yeah. up on Twitter and be like, mm, you haven't been a Marxist since you were 16. I don't know if I can really, like, agree with you. It's like, shut the fuck right. up. Like, right. like 90% people of the people who are on Twitter on were, things. like, fucking, like, liberals until 2016. Yeah. Huh. I know Chris Rock has a cool uh, quote about that. I think it's like, um... He likes uh, beliefs more than opinions, because or opinions more than beliefs, because uh, you know it's harder to change a belief than an opinion. I don't remember exactly what it is. Something like that. Okay. We're paraphrasing yeah, yeah, today. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's fine. This is the yeah. paraphrase hour. Yeah. <laughs> Am I up next right. after Jim? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. No, it's me. Okay. Next up, we've got the quote: "Waves do not actually travel, in spite of appearances." The water only moves up and down. It is the force that travels. The simplest way to demonstrate this is to throw a stone into a pond with a paper boat in it. Although the waves appear to travel outwards, the boat merely bobs up and down. And that's from Anonymous. Wow. A little metaphorical imagery there about the way ideas spread. You just gotta bob up and down. That's (laughs) just... (laughs) Yeah, just this don't all move. makes me want to bob up and down, yeah, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it gets into the chorus. Oh, yeah. It's like, mm, this is a bobber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's what the kids are calling him nowadays, a bobber? <laughs> Bobbers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Up next, we have a worrying development among some committed political activists is their insufferable righteousness. These zealous politicos appear as nothing but fundamentalists in a religious quest where self-made rules become doctrine and other less worthy activists are cast out. Born again in the fire of insecurity and guilt, these people create a heaven where none but themselves truly keep the faith. A world of rigid doctrine and self-opposed commandments. And in time, these political fundamentalists take on the aspect of church clergy. Indolence, pride, superstition, bigotry, persecution, and ignorance. And that's from Educating Us About You, 1996. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I wasn't sure yeah. if I lost y'all there. I was like, oh no. No, 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 no. I, just, I, was, just, I was just taking that yeah, in. Taking and a minute like, yeah. yeah. I like, like, I put something about it in the notes, but like, I almost like fucking hate Chumbawamba for how <laughs> a- 
accurate and well spelled out, they make these things that apply way more in 2021 than I wish they did. Yes. <laughs> like, I wish I could, like, read this and be like, oh, it's so funny that they talk about this. We've totally gotten past that as, like, a leftist movement in 2021. No, Everything's no, perfect, and we're winning elections and liberating people. And instead, it's like, oh, no, Chumbawamba predicted us all being fucking dipshits on Twitter. Like, <laughs> yeah. What do you think dipshit leftists were doing before the internet? Making zines. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so they were being dipshits yeah. in print yeah. instead of digitally. Zines were just like shit posts, but for the paper age. Or like that's why everyone handed out like fucking uh like there's the joke about like communists always like making their own newspapers to hand out on like street corners. That's what you did before you could post. Make your own news. Yeah. Yeah. yeah make your own news it's not fake news it's uh it's diy news <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly opinion little fact yeah <laughs> just like my twitter oh boy <laughs> all right jim you want to take that next one uh what's the difference between a lifestyle and a supermarket trolley a supermarket trolley has a mind of its own and that's anonymous. <laughs> I don't really know what that means, but oh, maybe maybe they're talking about when you get that one cart yeah, that has the to, broken yeah, wheel. That's what I was thinking. I yeah. assume a supermarket yeah, yeah. trolley is a, a shopping cart, just in yeah. In human or, but speak. if there's any British listeners who want to tell us, no, it's actually like yeah. a supermarket trolley is like the boy who collects the carts or whatever. <laughs> like, let us know. I guess keep us up to date with the fucking yet another weird British we, term or something. We we did get an email right before the show started from our anonymous Chumbawamba fan who offered oh, yeah. to pre-read the rest of the quotes and um like point out any obnoxious british uh like <laughs> wisdom that, that we wouldn't catch on on first reading i think we're gonna have to i think we're gonna have to take them yeah. up on that i didn't write back because they literally sent it like i saw it like 15 minutes before we started recording but i was like that's a good idea that like at least yeah. we can get the bulk of it like of like okay this yeah. this section here that we're like what the fuck is this is like weird british <laughs> slang that we wouldn't <laughs> have to understand we're crowdsourcing yeah. the fucking uh, <laughs> yeah. all right next up in our fear to make an effort to tear ourselves away from the conditions which ruin us only because the future is not quite certain to us we resemble the passengers of a sinking ship who for fear of stepping into a boat which is to take them to the shore retreat to their cabins and refuse to come out from them that's from leo tolstoy yeah yeah fucking just like the way that people will uh i was talking to somebody about this um the other day because i saw so i uh, another friend of mine was tweeting about how they're trying to unionize their workplace i'm not going to name names or mention like what line of work they're in um they're trying to unionize their workplace and they've got some people on board but they've also got some people who are like actively against it um because like you you know all of the fucking bullshit union propaganda yep. anti-union propaganda of like oh unions don't cost anything i don't want to pay dues blah 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 all of that um and like this person identified that the pro-union and anti-union people in their workplace are all complaining and like upset about the same working conditions it's just that the anti-union people aren't like willing to do anything about it <laughs> They're just kind of like settled into. Yep. Like they just want to. They're just kind of settled into the misery of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So. I mean, it is easy. They're just to in their cabins, than... waiting for the ship to sink. Yeah. 
It's easier to complain yeah. than to actually have to do something about it. Like, yeah, right. All right, I'm up next, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the The police on patrol has got inside our heads, and his attitude continues to be enforced by the values of a police-loving society. And that's from Class War from No Justice, Just Us in 1997. <laughs> Not much to say about that, huh? <sighs> <laughs> Just... God damn it. <laughs> We we sure do love cops here on Jumbology. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Jim, you want to take that last one? Yeah, take us home. Revolution will be built on the spread of ideas and information on reaching people rather than our habit and creating ghettos within which to stagnate. It's no use standing outside shouting. We have to kick... Nah. We have to start kicking down the doors... From Sleeve Notes from the first Chumbawanga bus single, 1985. Hell yeah. Yeah. All the way back in 85, Chumbawamba got it. Yeah. We're not going to change anything but just talking in a circle to each other. Uh, We've got to reach people who aren't already in the, in the club. Yeah. You, you got to yeah. extend out that hand, try and um, yeah. make, make some new friends. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're um, only going to change so much by tweeting and making your shitty zines and running your little podcasts. <laughs> Actually, we are going to change something with our podcast because we're reaching a wide uh, range of people in the UK who have no ability to vote where we live. So, <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> we're, we're doing international activism, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with that very cheery, uh, you know, preamble... <laughs> with all of those wonderful quotes that make me just so happy to be alive in this world, uh, let's talk about let's talk about some lyrics here. Yeah. Well, what what do y'all think? I yeah. Big let's fan. go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So before we dive into like the actual like lyrics that we can analyze, um, the entire when I first started listening to Chumbawamba and like heard the song, I always imagined the good ship lifestyle as a spaceship. And then finding <laughs> out that like it's set up in like this uh, way that parodies the uh, BBC shipping forecast, um, really kind of broke that image down for me. I was expecting like like a fucking Starfleet thing, and instead I got a big boat. And I don't like it. <laughs> mm. So yeah, if only it was a spaceship. Get yeah. us off this planet. Am yeah. I right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the uh, the intro, and then there's a second part um, during a, another instrumental break in this, where they read the names of different areas of water in the sea surrounding the UK. Um, that is a parody of the BBC shipping forecast, which is like once again like the most Chumbawamba British thing possible. Because I'm sure that if you grew up like having some knowledge of the BBC, you heard this and were like, "Oh yeah!" Like if someone in America sampled like something from like the Weather Channel, we'd be like, "Oh yeah!" Like I I get that. Like the the forecast yeah. on the eights or whatever. Like, but <laughs> local on the eights. Yep. Yeah. See, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> so. Another another weird niche British thing that yeah, yeah love it. I always thought that they were boats in the in the British Royal Navy, and I did very precursory research before starting and discovered um, discovered that they are not. 
Yeah. There's just one of them that has a name in common with a boat that's in the British Royal yeah. Navy. I, I saw that you had posted that and I was like, I don't think that's right. Because like I, yeah. I found like multiple references <laughs> to like the shipping forecast. And like then I went through and like Googled a few of them and they are all like, this is a body of water. And I was like, it would be really confusing if all of your bodies of water had the same names as like all of boats. your ships. Like <laughs> Like a, like a that who's, would be fucking funny. Who's, who's on third sketch, but it ends with like a boat crash. That would be great. I would love that. Let's start our own sovereign nation that, and just name just name all of the all of the bodies of water and all of our boats the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we name it after land. Why not name it after sea? It's true. I yeah. We yeah. we name ours after what? Places like and like famous states people, and stuff. I feel like states and, and states politicians. and people and presidents and war criminals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not have one that's just named like Strawberry? Like, <laughs> you know, the the USS Strawberry. No one's gonna feel threatened by that. What was it? Was it in America where they had like some like naming competition for? I don't think it was a military boat, but it was like some sort of oh, like Bodie yeah, McBoatface. There was Bodie McBoatface, <laughs> yeah. and there was there was a snowplow that ended up getting named uh, like Plowy McPlowface. Right, right. Yeah, I think I mean under a true democracy, that's how I think we should name everything. Is just online. I polls. agree. Yeah. yeah. The, that's usually how that, you get the best name. Yeah. <laughs> the people are never wrong, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. To be fair, Bodie McBoatface is a is a good name for a boat. It's if you asked me, like at gunpoint to like name a boat, that would probably yeah. be the one that I named. That's like the only one that I can think <laughs> or, of. Like, yeah. I think the USS Arizona, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I watched a war movie with Nicolas Cage about boats, but I blocked most of it out of my brain because it was bad. Which one was that? I don't. Remember. <laughs> I feel like it's named after the boat. Hold on. Yeah. Nick Cage boat movie. Oh, uh, USS <laughs> Indianapolis. Ah, uh, yes. There is course. also, I forgot, there is another Nicolas Cage boat movie called Primal, which is basically the plot to uh, Snakes on a Plane, but on a boat with a tiger. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Amazing. I forgot about that. Both of them, I've... not good. <laughs> yeah, they don't sound good. No. <laughs> I got like war flashbacks thinking about how many Nicolas Cage movies I watched. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know why I did that to you myself. You spent your entire February just watching Nick Cage yeah. movies. You got that's when them all. I. Yeah, that's yeah. that's when I decided to become like an anti-vaxer. I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, I'd rather get COVID than break my brain like this again. I can't stay inside any longer. <laughs> All right, so um, we talked pretty we talked pretty at length about like the overall like lyrical like like ideas in the song, but are there any like specific lines that stand out to either of you? Yeah, the the fact that we always talk about the um like the liner notes and the fact that they're more detailed now kind of does a pretty good job of explaining what the yes uh like the the lyrical content of the song is about better than us just kind of like. Sh- uh, pulling at straws or like half-assing it, but um, I've always liked the line, uh, the the Dambert line, the TV dinners for one at the captain's table. Just yeah, that one's a good one. Yeah, I just love Dambert's voice, and I love hearing him just like shout these I'm like s- weird 
I'm sorry to be. I'm sorry to be. Is that not Danbert again? But it's not Danbert again. It's Danbert in my head. That's fine. It's, yeah, I mean, it can be Danbert if, if you want. If you're a man who shouts, you're Danbert no bacon to me. Okay, fair enough. Shouty McShout face, you know. How about you, Jem? Are there any lines in here that you think are are particularly good? Uh, it's steering a chorus, a course for nowhere. Yeah, yeah, the main hook of the song. It's a good one. It gets yeah, stuck in your head. It's so good. I have it stuck like, in my head right now. <laughs> and it just like really, really kind of like sums up the whole song, doesn't it? Like we're going nowhere if we if we live like this. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Once, yeah. Once again, to uh, to break my uh, like previous Chumbawamba knowledge down, um, there's the one line that's repel all the borders. Uh, yeah. When I first heard that, I was like, oh, damn, like getting rid of borders. Like, OK. And then I read the lyrics and it's borders <laughs> like B-O-A-R-D-E-R instead of uh-huh. B-O-R-D-E-R. I thought it was like a, like a get rid of uh, like borders between countries. Instead, it's oh. a, a, a ship metaphor for getting <laughs> like people off your ship. Your, your, I your fucking ship thought lifestyle. you were going to say you thought they were talking about borders bookstore. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think they had borders in the UK in 1997. I feel like I don't think so. I feel I like think borders was an American thing. Yeah, and I feel like the like the like mega size like bookstores were like a very short blip on yeah. capitalism scale when they were like, we need to build this thing that's giant and sells books, and then like two years later they're like, fuck, we don't need books anymore. Like, get these yeah, fuckers out of here. Realize like, no one fucking reads yeah. books anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that repel all borders, like, you know, get rid of all borders between countries. That's also a, a thing that Chumbawamba would, uh, condone, yeah, right? And it makes sense. Like if you're just like listening, you're like, oh yeah, get rid of all borders, Chumbawamba. But then like listening, it's like, it does make more sense that it's like a shit metaphor for like getting yeah. rid of anyone who isn't part of your incredibly specific ideological movement. So Yeah. I really oh, yeah, like the I mean, line at the end of that same verse that's like, where's the crew? There is no crew. Yeah. This is the good ship lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. All your friends Sorry, jump Jim, ship. What were you going to say? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I like, I love this track. I think it's one of it's the... It's got so many good, like, little shouts yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so many good little shouts. There's, we'll talk about it more in the music, but there's so many, like, weird instrumental parts. The, yeah. the chorus is fucking phenomenal. And yeah, I know we kind of went over like the lyrical content, but like the idea, like the the whole song, as we discussed before, is about like elitism in like punk and radical movements, and the fact that having like this like lifestyleist approach to things is bad, and yeah, it's like I hate it. I hate Chumbawamba for being so fucking right in twenty twenty one because this is something that we're seeing like the left movement struggle with consistently. And, like, with trying to figure out how they want to organize themselves in the future, and it's a hard problem to deal with. It's not as easy as just being, like, oh, yeah, like, you have to let everyone in on your movement. Because it's, like, you have to find, like, a fucking middle ground between, like, okay, how do we reach people and get people involved in this movement? without becoming like the fucking dsa where you end up just like being the democratic party but you say your pronouns at the beginning of every meeting like (laughs) (laughs) right and i 
I wish Timberwolf had an answer for us. I wish the answer was like in like the next song. They're like, hey, you know that problem we address? Here you go. Here's the solution. Nah, but... This is not a solution oriented <laughs> no. track. This is, yeah, a, this, is a... this is a man, doesn't this suck <laughs> kind of track. And it's also kind of this is like kind of borrowed from the annotation on Genius, but um, it, it's kind of poking fun at like Crass and other bands that like gave them shit for signing to EMI yeah uh, for doing this because like they we we mentioned that that they were on like a uh, a compilation called fuck emi and then like 10 yeah. years later are signed to emi and like i don't blame chumbawamba for doing it like it's it's yeah. easy to sit from like to to like backseat drive and be like oh i don't i don't think the band should have done this or this i think they should have stuck to their roots and done this or this but like how many crass CDs did Jem's dad buy in 1995 or 1997? And how many Chumbawamba CDs did he buy? Like, yeah. you have, you're reaching a much wider audience than you ever would sticking well, yourself in a little well, box. Well, we do have, to, we do, we do have a, a source here. We can ask Jem directly. Jem, how many crass CDs does your dad own? <laughs> uh, I don't believe he has any. Yeah. Oh, he's not a real punk then. Yeah, I, I have met Jem's father. I do not believe he owns any crass CDs. <laughs> I've also met Jem's father. Yeah. He yelled at me once. <laughs> he did yell at you. <laughs> Jem, did you know about that? No. <laughs> when we played when we played at your house, I said a cuss word on the mic, and after we after we finished playing, your dad came up to me and just started yelling oh at me. Oh my god. Because I cussed. It was wow. pretty funny in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. Look, no no cussing at Jem's house, you know? Yeah, I guess that's that's the that's the truth. Yeah. I learned that lesson the hard way. Yeah, who fucking knew? <laughs> you should have just asked him about Chumbawamba. Been like, hey, yeah. Be, <laughs> hey, excuse me. I know I I know you just yelled at me, but you want to talk Chumba? <laughs> Actually, I I saw something um for the band defending their uh, decision on the FAQ page for uh, oh hell yeah. Uh, the statement read. We signed to EMI Universal not because we've been co-opted in if because we've been co-opted into the if you can't beat capitalism join it school of thought because the experience had taught us that in a capitalist environment almost every record company company underrates under capitalist principles our previous record label little Indi- ah, one little indian didn't have the evil symbolic significance of emi but they were completely motivated by profit our position was that whoever we signed with would not want us for ideas but for our potential profit so we had the battle with our contract where we still had autonomy yeah hell yeah i think i think i've heard that or read that quote before but i i I don't think we've ever brought it up on the show and i think I think it's just, it's a great like it's a great response. It's yeah. like w- w- we have seen, you know, like on the DIY level sometimes people operate on we using like the same like mindsets and like power structures as like capitalist stuff like, you know, uh a DIY like indie record label still needs is still concerned about turning a profit at the end of the day, right? So like if they have the chance to reach a wider audience, then why not take it? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I get it like 100%. Like, especially, I mean, we've talked about it before, but one of their major reasons for signing to EMI over One Little Indian was because 
like one little Indian wanted them to like change a bunch of shit on the record and EMI was just like, fuck it, we'll release literally whatever you want. And like, yeah, sometimes it sucks to work with like a bigger label or like someone that is like evil. But if it's like between giving up some of your like, uh, like autonomy to like save your punk cred, like that's backwards. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, I don't personally see it as any different than the time that I, you know, when I worked an office job for a corporation for two years yeah. in order to pay my rent and pay my bills, you uh, know, like, well, uh, obviously, like, it, it's it's a little different, like, signing to a record label is not the same thing as just working a job to survive, but, like, it's kind of the same principles, like, I compromised my anti-capitalist, like, beliefs yeah. and, like, anti-corporate beliefs in order to sell some of my time and fucking energy to to them and survive because of it so all just working for the man i i think you're a fucking poser <laughs> i thought you <laughs> called me a pervert for a second. <laughs> yeah i think you're a fucking pervert anyone who has an office job gross <laughs> no i like i i get it and like yeah i, I don't care what if you sign to a major label i think there me are neither. ways to like be signed to a major label without it being obnoxious but i also get that sometimes that's not fully your decision and like yeah. even getting to i mean i didn't get very far in like the music industry but like knowing like the little bit that i know it was just like oh yeah like the fuck fuck this but like if i was trying to make money off of it you kind of have to allow shitty things to be yeah. done to your image if they're able to uh release what they wanted to as opposed to changing it if it wasn't for chumbawamba signing to a major record label i wouldn't have gotten that tub something gorilla so that's true capitalism baby it works <laughs> capitalism does work after all it, it turns out yeah um <laughs> so i think i think now might be a good time to uh put on your hiking boots grab your duffel bags get your cliff bar because we're going on a hike up music mountain hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> at first i was like oh no do we skip over music completely do no, is no, that no, the music no no. Okay. <laughs> no 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 i think it's i so i think calling the music section music mountain is funny but only if i do it once like every five episodes yeah, just... or so <laughs> so so watch this space in another month or two yeah. i'm gonna do it again <laughs> when we make another weird hiking reference or something yeah <laughs> All right, so musically, this song is very interesting, yeah, right? Like, fucking, there's a lot of different parts weird. to it. Yeah, there's so much going on. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts of this entire track is the guitar part, which yeah. doesn't kick off until like a minute and a half in, and then yeah. it's just someone fucking just ripping. It's just like like nothing but like fucking like whammies and like fucking like slides. Yeah. Yeah. But it's buried so low in the mix that you it's like yeah. it's barely noticeable. But I love just imagining just like them on stage with the dude just like wailing, like wee, yeah. wee, wee, in the background. <laughs> oh. It's probably my favorite part. Um I love all of the different like little like almost episodes in this song. Yeah. Like there's like the there's like the creaking ship noises <laughs> that that accent like the beginning. There's that really like sparse sounding trumpet line right at the beginning. Um and like just it's this very like I mean they're doing the Chumbawamba thing again, right? Where yeah. they have like a talk sung, like spoken word verse, and then they do like the very melodic chorus. But this time the melodic chorus is kinda like it's kinda like fucking like let's fucking go, yeah. you know? Like it's kinda like uh, a it's not like it's like minor key and like not heavy, but like just really loud and like punky. I love it. When that like snare hits the so yeah. steer, of course. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> 
Uh, drums fucking ripping this song. The whole chorus <laughs> is going into it. Hell yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like really, I feel like in general, Chumbawamba has a lot of really good drumming that that doesn't like yeah. get noticed as much. There's some parts where I'm not sure if it's a drum machine or if it's yeah. just like An really robotically, rec- yeah, robot- like robotically recorded drums, but either way. Yeah. It rips. I love it. Lots of cool percussion in this band. Yeah. I fucking I love this song so much. I think it I think this might be like my favorite track on the album. Yeah, I remember when I first found out you liked Chumbawamba. This was the first song we talked about. Hell yeah. It's like Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's, it's so fucking wild. Like I the first time like that I put on Tub Thumper, then it got to this track, it was like I've never heard a track that sounds like this before. Like Yeah, yeah. It's like it's insane. Like what other tracks have like a dance horn breakdown and then like a weird like orchestral part and then like a bunch of like drum machine intros and outros it's got it all yeah (laughs) it's even got the bbc broadcast yeah yeah exactly and then on top of that it's just like oh they're singing about like lifestyleism and like they they got weird ship references it's like all right but at that point when i was thinking that i was imagining a spaceship and i'm still gonna keep imagining the spaceship in my mind in my chumbawamba headcanon the good ship lifestyle is a spaceship so when i was a kid i was like vaguely aware of like the political overtones of this album but i didn't have like the lived experience to understand like what like shitty punks were like (laughs) so i never put together that this song was about like that kind of thing until recently when i was a kid i was like oh chumbawamba is a political band this this must be an anti-war song and they just hate the navy (laughs) they just fucking hate boats they they specifically they're anti-military but they're especially (laughs) anti-navy i like i like that a lot but no when i was little i always thought it was just about pirates I think that's why I always love <laughs> the song so much. Hell yeah. That makes a lot of sense, knowing your, your pirate backstories. <laughs> Wait, you have pirate backstories? Oh, I'm a big fan I don't know of pirates, really Dan. A, yeah, Jem's, Jem's a big fan of pirates. I have this one memory, like, burned into my brain of... I think it was when Rob came to visit, and we were having, like, a... Uh, like a a fire pit in my parents' backyard, and you showed up in like juggalo makeup, but also dressed <laughs> as a pirate. And Rob just like lost his shit, and then was just like, "Jim, when are you gonna grow up?" And that that is like burned in my brain. Yeah, you also used to always keep that pirate hat in your car. I feel like more times than not, if I rode in your car, I was wearing a pirate hat of some sort. Probably, yeah. Between that what one is it and about the pirates, Jim uh, paper hat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What isn't it about pirates? All the lawlessness. Say no more. You were you were also <laughs> Captain Knuckles for Halloween one year. I remember that too. I remember you giving me two pieces of candy. <laughs> and Ryan was Flapjack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just rewatched oh, a bunch I... of Flapjack. That shit's so fucking good. That show is very good. It, I'm like, a big fan. It, it holds up so well. That shit is. Top notch. Good job, Pendleton Ward, or whatever your name is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Shall we? Yeah. Let's let's head on over. All right, Jim. Uh, we love to with every time we have a guest on. Once we reach this segment, Chumbawamba versus the people, we love to have them just uh, give us their best Chumbawamba versus the people into their mic. Don't overthink it. Just fucking go for it. You ready? 
Chumbawamba versus the people. Oh, shit, that was good. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was so satisfying. Holy yeah, shit. <laughs> that hit so nicely. Oh, man, that's going in the Chumbawamba versus the people Hall of Fame right there. <laughs> that, that's going in my uh, my sample pad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When we maybe one day we'll do a chumbology live show and half the show will just be Teddy cutting me off with sample pads. It'll be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week on Chumbawamba versus the people, we've got a lot of um Yeah. We've got a lot of different uh different uh videos to look at. Yeah. <laughs> we got some there good are. ones. <laughs> yeah, so who wants to start us out? We want to start out Y'all want to start out with just the the, yeah. the upload of the song? We'll start tame and work our way out. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right, Jem, you're the guest. Why don't you go ahead and uh, share a comment with us? So we got from uh, Jeebus James 1. I remember getting this CD in GoldenEye N64 for Christmas in, N- for Christmas in 97. This album is just as good as I remember it 14 years ago. And that comment is from nine years ago. Hell yes. Fuck yes, that's great. Still true today. It should also be pointed out that just like the the uh, the the YouTube upload of this is in Italian for some reason. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, I missed that. It's it's uploaded <laughs> yeah. by, by Beautiful G and the subtitle is Ultra Hit the Album Tub Thumber Voltaire e Comente and then like an emoji and it's um Italian for another hit from the Tub Thumper album. Vote and comment. Hell yeah. <laughs> so Shout out to Italy. Yeah. I don't know if we have any listeners in Italy, but if we do, yeah, shout out to you. I fucking hope not. <laughs> Sorry that we make fun of Italians all the time. <laughs> to be fair, we mostly make fun of Italian Americans. Yeah, we're from New Jersey, so we're basically Italian. Yeah. I'm not from New Jersey, actually. I can't say this. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fake New Jersey. I love that I love that um that person got Goldeneye and Tub Thumper for Christmas. That's a good fucking Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I never had Goldeneye as a kid and I feel like I missed out. It was a good game. It was a lot of fun. I feel like shooters don't work that well on N64, but... I, no, they don't, it's hard. in retrospect. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a game that aged terribly well, but it was fun in its day. Yeah. doesn't hold up as well as uh, Tub Thumper. <laughs> That's no, true, yeah. No, that is true, actually. Tub Thumper is aged like wine... Goldeneye is aged like like bread. <laughs> like there was a little while there where you could you know could could use it even after it was a little stale, but now it's just like. Eh. <laughs> um, I've got a comment here from someone named Super Dave two years ago. At one minute and three seconds, the narrator says that there is no first mate. A mate can be an officer on a ship, but it can also be a friend or someone you mate with. He has and maybe never had a first mate. Could it be that this guy is a virgin? (laughs) Uh, Chumbawamba confirmed. Confirmed Volcel. This is a Volcel anthem. (laughs) Yeah, that, uh, that, that one quote about, uh, like, like, uh, from the uh, the public sex, like the culture of radical sex, that was meant as like a, a parody quote. Like they they actually are deeply conservative about sex. They're they're, yeah, they're right. <laughs> the good ship lifestyle is fronted by vol cells. Yeah, which I Irony guess was big yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. 
Um, I have I have one here from Enoch Root Q nine years ago who says I've had this album since I was 17 and now I'm 31 and it's still an epic win. You had some fucking cool parents to buy you an anarchist album at eight. That's responding to someone whose comment I cannot find. <laughs> I felt the same way about, like, in hindsight, being able to find that CD when I was, like, 12. I was like, damn, it's pretty cool that I was just able to get, like, have that. <laughs> you were a cool kid. I was a cool kid. I'm not as cool as an adult. Like, objectively <laughs> speaking, I was a lot cooler when I was a kid, but that's okay. Um, Because even be- being an uncool adult is more fun than being a cool kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a like a new metal like shit posting group on Facebook, and yeah. recently there's been a trend of people posting their like childhood photos, and it'll be, someone will be like, "How new was I in sixth grade?" And it's always just like an overweight kid with like shitty dreadlocks wearing like a Slipknot shirt. It's so good. <laughs> oh my it's God. my favorite thing. Just <laughs> it's so relatable. I was that kid. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of us were that kid. <laughs> Uh, let's let's move on to the next video. Chumbawamba, the good ship lifestyle, live in Colm. Yeah, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's a it's a live live performance. Yep, there's a Colm one, and then there's also a Dusseldorf one. I don't know if I link that one, but no, that's not in the notes. Right, well, too fucking bad. I got the too VIP. Too fucking shit. bad. Damn, <laughs> we're missing out. Yeah, I'm withholding. Yeah. It's okay. That one doesn't have many comments on it. It's a a lesser known Chumbawamba gem. Yeah. <laughs> actually this one does have a comment on it that i want to bring up it's from doombringer 11 years ago that says this was really disappointing frowny face i really love this song and to see it saying by then with such lack of energy and fervor it's really not making my day i thought it was a pretty good performance <laughs> damn yeah so expecting a lot i feel like it is kind of jarring especially in the 90s before people were used to it like hearing like a well-produced album and then seeing a band live and being like oh you mean you don't sound exactly like you do on the record like what the fuck like yeah but say levy yeah i have a comment on this same video from two years ago from cd saying i agree with probably every political and social stance they have and i still hate every single one of them <laughs> Is it because they're British? And a reply, a, a reply to that under. Uh, I'm not reading this person's username. It's too long. They say <laughs> other way for me. I disagree with a lot of their politics, but I like their music. <laughs> I feel like this is the second week in a row that we've found someone who's like, yeah, I love this song, but I don't like what they said about landlords. Like, I'm a landlord who loves Chumbawamba. <laughs> like. Yeah, I feel like maybe we're going to start seeing more of that as we get deeper into um, fucking mainstream flirtation era Chumbawamba. There's another comment on that video from Base Soldier who says, Ha 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 ha! Look at Greece ten years later! Why glorify collapse? What? How is this? (laughs) Well, okay, so that is actually in response to, at the beginning of this specific um, video, they play a clip from uh the prime minister of greece talking about how they need to privatize all of their infrastructure or something um which led to uh which led to a lot of the economic um problems that greece is facing to this day that makes sense i uh, mean yeah and i i get that trouble one was being ironic with that but it's very funny that yeah. this person doesn't understand that <laughs> <laughs> look yeah. at Greece 10 years yeah. later <laughs> like did they really think that Trimble one we got on stage and was like good news guys we're privatizing everything like we just wanted to let y'all know like I feel like we, this one's a treasure trove of these two videos so far yeah. we got from a uh, happy time Hollis two years ago no Dan Burton this song 
Damn. RFP. Oh, was that you, Teddy? Yeah, that was that was me being like <laughs> undercover I'm Teddy. Stanford. Yeah, I am hot a... happy time Hollis. Yeah, this is a great song. You know what would make it better? A little bit more yeah, Dambert in your life. A little bit more Dambert. Why is he screaming? He's just off stage, <laughs> just yelling. <laughs> yeah, maybe he is. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> All right. So next, I want to talk about the vi- one of the videos that I found this week, which is the Good Ship Lifestyle uploaded by Elsie underscore Lappin, which I will read the description. My action finalist for the Anime Expo 2009 AMV contest. My first real AMV, an oldie but a goodie. And it is incredible. It is a one-piece amv set to the good ship lifestyle and it's it is so, so fucking well done i've never seen one piece so i don't understand anything that's going on oh, but i all... appreciate the vibe a lot the first half of it is just all uh usab which was great <laughs> have you seen one piece i mean it is an anime about pirates which is incredibly on brand for you Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> i've seen a a good portion of One Piece, okay. but I kind of fell <laughs> off, you know, after like a hundred or so episodes. Yeah, I was about to say after like five hundred episodes. I think. They, oh man, this is a really good AMV. It's, it's so well shit. done. They put in so oh, much effort. So it makes sense that it was a finalist. But isn't this the isn't this the one One Piece character who's always in the crow's nest? Isn't he the lookout? Yes. I don't know much about One Piece. Yeah. Okay. So that explains the song choice. Yeah, he's... he's up in the crow's nest. And I love how they just have everybody jumping off the ship. Yeah. (laughs) I love AMVs. I don't even watch much anime. Like, I watched a little bit of it when I was a kid, and there's still some series that I dig, like, as an adult. But for the most part, I don't really watch it. But I fucking love AMVs. (laughs) I just, like, there's something about them that I love. (laughs) It's just so good to, like, have this, like, weird art style that was, like, pretty much developed by, like, teenagers on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I love this video. Um, it's really good. The, the I love. I, I'm not even gonna make fun of any of these comments because no. they're all so genuine. <laughs> I was about to say, like the the first. Oh no, not the first one. Um, the second cop. Uh, the second comment on here is from Elorani two years ago, who says this has always been one of my favorite AMVs. I think it really covers a lot of the emotions of the CP9 arc really well, and it's all put together very cleverly. I think about it all the time. LOL. I used to have it downloaded on my PS3. Glad I could find it here. <laughs> and like yeah. having an AMV downloaded on like your game wow. system struck such a fucking specific like memory in my brain. <sighs> I love it. I do have to say I relate to this one comment from Elias MG who wrote, I never thought someone would use Chumbawamba for an AMV, but here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and you're in luck, Elias, because we've actually got another Good Ship Lifestyle yeah. fan music video. It's not an anime music yeah. video, though. <laughs> this one has no comments on it, but I love the fact that someone was just like, yeah, it's about boats. Here's a bunch of boat videos. But, like, not, like, boat videos, like, oh, this is, like, a scenic boat, which I feel like more people should be into. Everyone's into railroads. I feel like there should be more boat autism or whatever. Um, But it's just, like, boat movies. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, like, like, clips from a bunch of movies about boats. But, like, weird boat movies. It's, like, there's, like, a bunch of, like, dudes getting shot. There's one scene where they're, like, eating maggots. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to make a Titanic AMV using this song. Do you think they yeah, have a clip from Voyage of the Mimi? I thought, like, okay, so when it first started and they, like, share, like, the boat, I was like, is this a Voyage of the Mimi AMV? But it was not. 
Um, what the fuck is Voyage of oh the my Mimi? God. <laughs> That's all right. So Voyage of the Mimi is an educational film series or like okay. show, I guess. That was made in like the late '80s, early '90s, and it's got some actor in it in his first role. I don't remember who. Do you remember, Jim? Uh, I think Ben Affleck, maybe. Let me look it up. I feel like you're right. Yes, it, it was Ben Affleck's like first role. It, it was made in 1984, and for some reason, our uh, high school or middle school science class showed it to everybody. So it's this one hyper specific memory that everyone from like our area of New Jersey has that you watch the Voyage of the Mimi in like seventh grade earth science class or whatever. That's really yeah. funny. I have never heard of it. It's one of those <laughs> things where it's like it was like why would you? It was like an educational show on PBS yeah. in nineteen eighty four. I wouldn't recommend it. No. We did were you there at that party at Charlie and Becky's where we put it on? Me and Joe watched like <laughs> half of it. <laughs> I oh don't my think God. so. <laughs> Yeah, oh, all the episodes man. are like really short. They're like like twenty, maybe less than twenty minutes, and we watched like an hour of it. The theme song though does slap. It's got a really good fucking like a uh, horn line. So, welcome to let's New Jersey, cover it. Dan. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a a, a bonus like, episode about Mimi Voyage, Voyage of the, of the Mimi. Mimi or I'll whatever. watch all of the Voyage of the Mimi. It's like thirteen episodes or some shit. Um, all right, I do like literally. All right, so. As I said, I watched it with Joe at a party, but before that, the last time that I had seen this was in seventh grade, and I could still hum to you like the theme to it because yeah. it's, it's permanently like <laughs> scarred into my brain. Uh, so, I mean, we well, could... we'll have to get to that. Yeah, but for now, <laughs> for now, uh, for now, I want to know: Do y'all have any final thoughts you want to share about the good ship lifestyle? I wish it was a spaceship, but besides that. <laughs> Still pretty solid. Um, you, Jem, do you wish it was about pirates? <laughs> I do wish it was about pirates, but you know, I'm good with flying my own flag. Yeah, yeah, that's the beautiful <laughs> thing about art, right? Like you could just you you could just mean whatever you want it to mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make an AMV about this, but it's gonna be Star Trek clips to further cement my uh, my head cannon. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make an AMV of um of the Flying Dutchman from SpongeBob <laughs> to this. That'd be song. a good one. That'd be a good one, wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. The fly- maybe, maybe I'll get maybe I'll get extremely high and do that yeah. one night. The Flying Dutchman <laughs> is a lifestylist. That's why he doesn't have any crewmates. He kind of is a lifestylist, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> when Patrick and uh, SpongeBob try and help him out, he just gets mad and kicks them off, even though their politics aren't that different. Like yeah. Patrick is a Maoist, but I mean, you can still agree with him on most things. <laughs> there's, there's a reason he lives under a rock, and it's because he refuses to rent from a landlord. <laughs> All right. All right. If y'all had to rate the song, what would you give it? I'm going to give it uh, Voyage of the Mimi out of Ben Affleck. Okay, okay, very good. I'm going to I'm going to rate it so in the in the Dusseldorf video um during the intro of the song Dunstan is like playing like ocean sounds off of a handheld radio into his microphone. <laughs> and that's my rating. Just Hell the yeah. way that makes me feel is my rating. <laughs> Which is good. It makes me feel good. Yeah. 
it's a good song. <laughs> what about you, Jim? Uh, I guess I'll give it a a rum bottle and a treasure chest. Hell yes. <laughs> Ooh, keeping the pirate theme. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Do you think Chumbawamba has written any songs about pirates? Like, yo, I mean, this one. Besides this one. <laughs> besides this. <laughs> they got a lot of albums. They got a, They must have at one point been like, shit, all right, we were saying all the songs about anarchists and we pro- possibly could. Well, Let's write I'll one about pirates. I bet you there's an anarchist pirate in one of their songs. Yeah. If not, I'm I sure wouldn't that... be surprised. I don't think that's beyond the realm of possibility. A lot of those, like, a lot of the songs on, like, their later, like, folk albums are, like, like character songs like about like real That's historical true. people or like even fake people so like and, maybe there's a pirate yeah. hiding out in and one they, of those. they got the revolution songs one of those has to be a sea shanty which are like basically yeah. pirates or maybe yeah, they just right. you know sing one of their other songs to the tune like a sea shanty yeah yeah my okay, hear me out maybe every chumbawamba <laughs> song is about pirates <laughs> <laughs> that's like the the secret message is it's just like uh like tiny brain uh chumbawamba, the... chumbawamba wrote tub thumper galaxy brain chumbawamba is an anarchist punk collective galaxy brain chumbawamba sings about pirates if you take the first letter of each verse of every chumbawamba song in their entire discography in order it does spell out the screenplay of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> All right, here's my pitch: is you know the uh, the song, um, the the I I want to sing about love. I wish I could sing about love. Whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's called Sing About Sing love. About Love. So yeah. <laughs> let's let's redo Sing About Love, but it's Sing About Pirates, and it's the same concept of the song, but instead of wishing they could sing about love, it's they wish that they could sing about pirates. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm I like that. it. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. All right. Um. Uh, that's pretty much it for for all of our Chumbawamba related nonsense. Um, while we are joined by Jem, uh, we just wanted to pick his brain a little bit, much like our last guest. Um, right, K was our last guest. I'm yeah, I, K was yeah, our last. My guest. brain is friend. Elio ruined it because he was supposed to be on. And he yeah, ditched us. Fuck Elio. Elio. Elio's canceled. Yeah, canceled. <laughs> anyway, um, that Jem has also been working in food service during this nightmare of a pandemic. So we just wanted to see. How's that going, Jim? You got any fun stories? You got any nightmare stories? Anything worth yabbing about on air that won't get you fired or us assassinated? <laughs> um, no, it's been going pretty good. Um, I mean, during the beginning of the pandemic, I wasn't really working. I was getting getting that unemployment money, which was nice. Hell yes. But um, yeah, when I went back, we had everything you know kind of blocked off. There's like a table in the way, so customers couldn't really come into the store you had to kind of <laughs> keep them locked out stand over there yeah, yeah. And wait we come over take the order bring you your food and everything but then um Hell yeah. you know recently they started letting people come in we still don't have any indoor dining or anything which is nice because i think you're allowed to have up to 50 percent or something but oh wow they're just like yeah we don't yeah. want people coming in and eating like they could eat outside or just get it to go yeah or delivery like we have other options the the pizza place by me literally has like one booth with like two chairs at it and they put the chairs back out recently and people were like sitting in it the last time i like ordered pizza i was just like how how do you care about indoor dining this is obviously not like your market why even bother like (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't get it there's some people who get upset about it but it's just like i mean it's a nice day out i don't see why you can't just go sit outside yeah, yeah. right 
there's a the, the pandemic has revealed to me that there's an entire like an entire sect of our society whose main personality trait is going to restaurants <laughs> and those people haven't had haven't known what to do with themselves for the past year <laughs> i will admit the other day i got really emotional at the thought of being in a diner again at like two in the morning oh yeah oh yeah like, that's I, gonna be great yeah i will admit i do miss i do miss going to diners more than like anything else about the pandemic like yeah seeing my friends whatever music the thing that i dedicated like a third of my life to uh diners baby diners drive-ins and dives yeah. am i right that was that was why we is i watched like six hours of diner and drivers diners drive-ins and dives with my mom when i was home for easter and it really just made me want to go to a diner <laughs> <laughs> getting those late night disco fries oh i had disco fries today oh, i'm so jealous hell yeah yeah there's a diner near my apartment that does take out and uh they have disco fries on the menu. They're not the best disco fries in the world, but they are they're a solid like B plus disco fry. Okay. And uh I'm just amazed that I can get one not in New Jersey or not like at a like shady diner in upstate New York that one time. <laughs> <laughs> the so, uh disco fries are my blood. My blood is gravy. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> The uh, the diner by Gem in our my house um, will let you disco anything if you ask them. Oh, oh fuck yeah! So we used to have them disco like chicken tenders all the time. That could... sounds. I'm not gonna lie, that sounds fucking sick. It was really good. Um, it's like a Dan, chicken parma uh, with gravy. Yeah, Dan used yeah. to have them disco burgers for him all the time. Oh, that's funny. It's good. Not me, Dan. Another no, Dan. Other, other for Dan. our listeners yeah. who may be confused, I, almost, I think this is the first time that Dan has made an appearance on I was, this. I was about podcast. to say I, I almost said their last name, but I was like, I'm not going to fucking give full names on this podcast. But it is confusing yeah. that there are multiple Dans in my life who are very important to me. So, <laughs> Aww, yeah. how sweet. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe after, maybe after we are a fully vaccinated team, we can uh, do a live show from a diner sometime. <laughs> Hibernia would let us if we went at like three in the morning. They don't give a fuck. All right. Any any last words? Any any other uh, stories, Jim? Anything else to get off your chest? Um, not much. I just can't wait to uh, start kissing you again. Fully vaxxed. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm fully vaxxed. You can kiss me. You can't kiss Dan, though. Yeah, yeah. Not yet. Not yet. But as soon as I can, mid-May... <laughs> Yeah. My my next my second dose is at the end of the month. So by mid May I'll be ready for strangers to spit in my mouth. Hell, hell yeah. <laughs> lick some doorknobs. I'm gonna lick some doorknobs. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink uh gutter water. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> I was somewhere, I think I was with Phil and I made like a joke about like licking a telephone pole. And yeah. that's something that I would have done back in my, my earlier days, but then I was like, eh, maybe I won't do that nowadays, so yeah, right. Off the pandemic for ruining the fact that I used to be gross and now I can't be without being afraid of catching a virus or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well. So, uh, speaking of second doses, mine, like I said, mine's at the end of the month and I was feeling like, damn, it's going to be a long three weeks. But then I just had the thought, it's just going to be three more chumbologies until yeah. I get to have my second dose. So, and then two more chumbologies until i can have strangers spit in my mouth yeah. 
So is... I'm just gonna say, uh, I'm just gonna say, let's let's check one off the list, shall we? Shall yeah. we bring us bring it home? This is how I keep track of time is when I have to record this podcast. Yeah, this, pretty much. This is yeah. my only like consistent <laughs> thing I need to do in my. I life. know that <laughs> I know that a week has passed when it's like, oh yeah, it's time to it's time to record Chumbology, and I know two weeks have passed where I'm like, ah yes, it's time for me to edit Chumbology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Chumbology, a Chumbawamba anthology podcast. I was about to start doing the spiel again. I had the fucking like the the impulse to just start doing the intro again. You can do <laughs> oh, the no. intro again. We could just make this an infinite one. Chumbology is Groundhog Day. Anxious pilot <laughs> came to our town. <laughs> This oh. is a. T- I'm just gonna keep a, a live chumbology episode going until I get my next vax. <laughs> just, yeah, just search. I'm just gonna. Wor- I'm gonna marathon my way through the rest of the discography. Yeah, we're gonna bang the three out right now, and you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Starts. Uh, just switch over. All right, so we'll hop off a of Discord. We'll hop onto Twitch. We'll be set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's up, gamers? Let's talk about Chumbawamba. <laughs> We should do a 24-hour live stream of just us talking. Oh, uh, my talking God. About that, would be, that would be psychotic. Oh, that's <laughs> Maybe. What, hear me out. That's what we do for the, uh, the sport, Sporkestra. The 100, 100 songs about sports. <laughs> that's not a bad idea, <laughs> oh, actually. Just, it doesn't have that's... to be 24 hours, but just stream it nonstop. Just us going. Going that's, through the that's list. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. Anyway, we'll revisit yeah. this idea. For now, I want to say the music you heard in this episode was the good ship lifestyle from the album tub thumper we don't have the rights but if any if any of you bmi emi freaks try to raid our vessel we'll say repel all borders matey yeah (laughs) fucking shoot you with a cannonball look if we're using the song if you come after us you have to come after that amv guy and you don't want to fucking mess with him (laughs) no you do not yeah um gem is there anywhere that people can find you i should have asked this beforehand oh um you could, I guess, check out the Shitty Jersey Friends podcast. Hell yeah. Do you have a website yet? We're doing that. No, we don't have a website. Um, still yeah. well, editing, editing a couple watch episodes, this but space. it should be out soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, very nice. Watch very this nice. space. We'll- Whenever Jem launches uh, Shitty Jersey Friends, we will, of course, plug it on this show because we love Jem. And yes. the other Shitty Jersey Friends. Well... I don't love Kyle. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I just like being mean to Kyle. I love Kyle. Um, yeah. Um, you can find us at Chimbology Rocks or email us at ChimbologyPod at gmail.com. Um, and if you send us a nice email, we will talk about it on the show, probably. Oh, yeah. um, or if you send us a really mean email, we'll talk about it on the show, but we'll be really mean back. <laughs> yeah, um, and we'll be like, mm, well. <laughs> you can also go to Chimbology.rocks, uh, which has links to those two things. And it also has a link to our Patreon, which is Patreon.com slash Chimbology. Um, if you wish to hear the bonus episodes that we do, you have two options. You can pay us two or more dollars a month to access them through Patreon, or you can send us an email with a link to a, or not a link, but a, a photo or proof of a donation to a mutual aid or on the ground organizing group in your area. And we will send you any or all of those previous episodes uh, for free. Um, we're about to record one about Antarctica Vespucci, a lesser known Jeff Rosenstock side project, which should be fun uh we just put up one about dragon force that i think was really fun i like dragon force a lot more than i thought i did <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's about it yeah. yeah all right well on that note everybody stay drippy droopy <laughs> and don't be don't be a don't be a lifestyler yeah. get out there
sail, sail good ship away. lifestyle lifestyles of the rich and famous <laughs> Ooh, coincidence i think i made that joke before no i made really? some other good ship i'll find it never mind don't ignore me <laughs> all right all right Jem. thanks for being on the show oh, uh, thanks for having me hell of yeah. course and uh i can't wait to to lick a garbage can <laughs> just three more <laughs> three more garbage cans three more garbage cans so stereotypical